Welcome to the Dayspring Community Church Podcast. Check out our website at dayspringonline.org. And now, Dr. Matt Friedemann. You're going to have a challenge following me around Scripture today, so I'll go ahead and tell you, accept the challenge, all right? We're going to zip around a couple places. First place is going to be in Proverbs verse, uh, we're going to go to chapter 20. Now, let me say, we're doing Proverbs on varying topics. So we did Proverbs in, tech, uh, in sexuality, Proverbs in money. There's all kinds of really great topics here. But I was looking around this week, and I think I noticed something that the Lord wanted us to talk about here. And so we're going to go into Proverbs and purity, purity of heart. And so uh, I, uh, I'm dear friends, as you know, because he's preached here before, dear friends with a Mexico City pastor gentleman named Roberto Stevenson. We are in a group every week together. So on Mondays, we get together and open up the Word, and uh, he coaches me. We all coach each other. It's kind of a beautiful group, group of pastors. Uh, also get together on Friday with a similar group, and then all the time in between, I'm just opening up with, with, with you all, with, with people that are in groups uh, with me, from the seminary and from here, it's just a, it's a beautiful discipleship life that the Lord's allowed me to lead. So, but one, one of my favorite groups is that one, because we've been together something like seven or eight years, week after week after week. So Roberto's, like, got the largest church we think in Mexico. Well, I don't think there's anything larger than the one he, he, he uh, is in charge of. He'll have something like 10,000 every week, and then uh, pre-COVID, what they did was they have a big service, and I tell you what, I can throw a baseball a long way, but I don't think, Bill, I could throw a baseball across their meeting area. I mean, it's that far. It's a, it just goes as far as I can see, seats and seats and seats, and so they have an evangelistic service out there every week. So tens of thousands of people. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful ministry. Having said that, when he took that church over from a, a former Catholic priest who found the Lord and the Catholic church rejected him, and so then he started this church, and now Roberto has been blessed by this pastor who is a Mexican uh, priest, uh, formerly, and now uh, is a Protestant, and he has blessed Roberto to take over this church. Roberto's kind of like, you've got to be kidding me. Uh, and uh, he's taken over and done a tremendous job. Of all the things he has to do, one of the things he has to do is run some companies. They do a lot of this apparently in Mexico. You don't just run a church... There's some other money-making things going on out there that sponsor our ministry. And one of them is water. And he, has, he, has, he gave me a bottle one time. It's Monte Maria. That's the name of the church. Monte Maria water. He says, here, why don't you have some Monte Maria water? I said, is it good stuff? He says, it's the purest stuff in Mexico. Now, he took me out to the place where this ministry began, where this Catholic priest started preaching the gospel, and literally tens of thousands start coming to him. And uh, he said, would you like to see where it all started? I said, I would. And so we go out to this place. And, and so this is the situation. A pure pastor who took a minister over from a pure priest takes me out to this pure place where a revival of Jesus-loving, grace-filled ministry started. And he says, hey, Matt, remember that water I gave you? Let me go show you where it comes from. And there's this well in the middle of this huge plot of, of property. I said, it all comes from right here? He says, yeah, comes up from right here. We take it, then we go filter it out. And I'm saying, it gives you the 
purest water in all of Mexico. He says, indeed, it does. I'm thinking, you know, I'd like to drink that water the rest of my life. Once I know where it came from, once I know how pure it is, and once I know that it came from a pure man, pure pastor, pure ministry, and a pure priest, give me some of that purity. Y'all, there's something special about purity. And the Lord says, I want you to think about your own life in terms of this kind of purity. So, what are we talking about here? In Proverbs 20, verse 9, it says, Who can say, I have cleansed my heart, I am pure from my sin? Well, that's kind of a challenge right off the get-go, isn't it? He calls us to be pure, and from the get-go, Samuel, I think it's the next thing, from the get-go he's saying, hey, I want you to know that you can't cleanse your heart, you can't make yourself pure from sin, but I can. Hey, y'all, if there was a climax of this message, I just said it. You can't cleanse yourself from sin, but God can. God can give you a pure heart. Now, this is hard for some people to recognize. Man, you don't understand. You don't understand my wickedness. You don't understand where I came from. You don't understand my addictions. You don't know about the evil things I have done. And that's true. I don't. What I do know is God is bigger than your wickedness. God is bigger than your sin. And His purifying power can cleanse you totally, completely of that sin. Remember David after he committed his sin with Bathsheba? Committed adultery, committed murder, lied about the whole thing, and now he's got a dead baby on his hands. He doesn't know anything to do except, let me write a song. Really, that's what you're going to do right now, David? He says, I need to write a song. And he writes Psalm 51, which says, Blot out my transgressions. Wash them away. Cleanse me entirely. I want to be pure. Blot out my stuff. And God does it. Y'all, this is the God we serve. It doesn't matter how bad, how wicked, how erroneous you have been with your life and your lifestyle. It's not Your stuff's not bigger than God. I, that's all i got to say. He can cleanse you from your sin. And so, who can say I've cleansed my heart? Nobody. Who can say I am pure from my sin? Nobody, except that God comes in and does it for you. Chapter 20, verse 11. It is by his deeds that a lad distinguishes himself if his conduct is pure and right. When you get to this purified state, it will distinguish you from others. Because everyone will know there's no conflict between him and God. There's not 50% conflict, like his heart's 50% God's, 50% his. There's not a 20% conflict. There's not a 0.5% conflict. Because everything that you know is wicked, you've given over to him. He has blotted it out, and now you are pure before him. Even today, that can happen. You say, well, that's not my experience right now, but it can be your experience today. The third thing here, 21.8. The way of a guilty man is crooked, but as for the pure, his conduct is upright. We can actually act pure. Not just, no, listen, there, there, there are some people say, yeah, God will do this. He will, uh, he will impute this to you. In other words, you will not really be pure, but before God you will be. And what we believe is, yeah, God can do that, but he can also work inside of you to cleanse you up like really. You can act pure today. By yourself, no, but by the cleansing of the Holy Spirit, 
He can make you clean. If you believe that, say amen. If you doubt it, say, I don't know. Good, I think I heard like one and a half people do that. Good, good, good. I like to have some doubt. It's always good to have some doubt because God can cleanse your doubt too. The next thing here is this. There is a kind who is pure in his own eyes, yet is not washed from his filthiness. The last thing we want to do is fool ourselves. And you're thinking, I'm pure. I'm clean. Hey, listen. I've seen it happen all my life. People stand up during church service. The bigot church gossip in all the church will stand up and give this pure, entirely sanctified, full of the Holy Spirit testimony. And you're looking around saying, really? I mean, I'm glad you're thinking that about yourself, but it ain't so. And there's no one here that thinks it's so. They know what you do with your lips. They know what you do with your mind. They know what they do with your life. But I tell you what, I've seen the other thing too. And I've seen it in this church. And I see it here today. There are those of you who do live pure lives. There are those of you who have consecrated your entirety to God and He has sanctified it and made it holy. And I hope everybody here wants that. It's God's promise to you. If you truly groan after it, if you truly want it, then I will, by my grace, make you pure. There was a guy named Soren Kierkegaard that had a book titled, Purity of Heart is the Will, One Thing. And that's what purity is at the end of the day. Now, you can be evil pure or godly pure. You can desire evil, and that'd be a kind of purity. But the kind of purity we're talking about is we could be entirely His He could expunge every other thing in our life so that we only desire Him. Him, Him is who we want to desire most of all. Not even most of all, but all of all. And so, those people who would follow up after Kierkegaard would say, yeah, He can take that concept and cleanse us from our sin. There's a great hymn. Actually, there's a lot of great hymns, but I love great hymns. There's a lady named Frances Havergal that wrote, Take My Life. Anybody remember this great hymn? Take my life and let it be. Consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands, let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet, let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing always, only for my King. Take my lips, let them be filled with messages from thee. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as you shall choose. Now, Lord, take my will. Make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. Take my heart. It is thine own. It shall be thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour at thy feet its treasure store. Take myself and I will be ever only all. For thee. (laughs) Ever? Only? All for Jesus. Now, there's all kinds of fine Christians that will say, hey, there's no way you can live ever, only, all for Jesus. And we just, at Dayspring, stand in a rich theological tradition. We don't stand alone, but we stand within a rich theological tradition that says, yes, you can. Yes, you can be ever, only, all for Jesus. I'm mindful. Sam Brownback was a uh, 
He ran for president for a little while. didn't last long. But he was a Kansas senator. Sam Brownback was hosting Mother Teresa when she came to her last visit to America. And he was showing her around, and everybody was so very impressed, as we always are with Mother Teresa. And then it got time for her to go. And so Sam Brownback took her out to her car. She's going to get in and go to the airport. And as he's about ready to put her in, she's almost opening the door, and then she turns around and grabs Sam Brownback's hands, the great senator from Kansas. She looks up in Sam's eyes and says, all for Jesus. All for Jesus. All for Jesus. All for Jesus. Let's loose of his hands, gets in the car, and leaves. Do you think... <laughs> to this day, Sam Brownback doesn't count that as one of the honors of his life. Is it possible that we could be all for Jesus? I hope it's possible. Let me tell you why I hope so. Because Jesus said, love me with how much? All your heart. How much of your soul? How much of your mind? How much of your strength? Now, did he say that knowing we couldn't do it? Did he say, hey, be perfect as I am perfect, knowing there's no way we could do it? Apparently, there's some way we can do it. You say, well, I can't be as perfect as as the Father. But Jesus said in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, so apparently there is some way we can do it, or he wouldn't have asked us to do it. And it's not a pretty please, it's a command. Be perfect, be whole, be complete, be clean, be pure. Apparently, there's some possibility of that for us in our lives. Whatever that possibility is, if Jesus wants it for me, I want to get it. I'm just telling you, if Jesus thinks, man, freedom or not, I have it, I want to get it. Don't you? And so, Lord, we want to hunger and thirst for this kind of righteousness. Hunger and thirst for this kind of cleanliness. Ever, only, all for you. Purity, purity, purity. Now, I just want to tell you this because it's important that you know. You can turn on the radio and hear a preacher say quite the opposite of what I've just said. There's no way. There's no way. There is no way you can live pure. You're going to be wicked every day of the rest of your life. You're going to do evil every day of the rest of your life. They're going to say that to you on the radio. They'll say it to you when you turn on a YouTube preacher. They're going to say it to you from books you read. And you've got to, got to say, okay, what's more true here? That preacher is telling me that out of theology that I think, Matt Friedman thinks, and my seminary thinks, and our whole religious tradition thinks is error. Do we believe that, or do we believe the Jesus that says, all, 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 all? Or, you can be perfect as I am perfect. I'm commanding you to, and I'm not going to command something of you that you can't do, that you can't be. And so, what we believe as a tradition, what we believe as a church, I hope what you believe as families, and what I believe is that I can live like He wants me to live. I love music. And uh, everybody has their favorites. There's a song that came, it was years ago now, and I I hate to date myself. This is probably like two decades, maybe two and a half decades ago. So you kids, listen up. Come in close. There's a song by a guy named Bob Carlyle. Do you remember this song? Uh, It it was like a coolest song. and I swear, every time I heard it, even to this day, I cry a little bit. That's a moving song. Uh, It goes like this. I'd sing it for you, but you know. 
Cursing every step of the way, he bore a heavy load. To the market, ten miles away, the journey took its toll. And every day he passed a monastery's high cathedral walls. And it made his life seem meaningless and small. And he wondered how it would be to live in such a place, to be warm, well-fed, and at peace, to shut the world away. So when he saw a priest who walked for once beyond the iron gate, he said, tell me of your life inside the place. Do you remember this? And the priest replied, we fall down, we get up. Remember this? We fall down, we get up. We fall down, we get up. And get a little of this now. And the saints are just the sinners who fall down and get up. I swear it's a moving song. It moves me to this moment, to this day. If I'm listening to it, I'm thinking, whoa. But i got to check my tears. Because, you, y'all, we don't base our theology on our feelings. Now, I need a witness on that. Hang on just a minute. Boy, I thought I'd get an amen or two out of that one. God, I don't need many amens. I need at least two or three. We do not base our theology on our feelings, y'all. Whoo, that's, a, that's quite a song. I'm crying right now. I think I believe that. No, 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 no. You believe what the Bible teaches. And it may be in a song, but it might not be. And a song could be very good and be an error. And I'm going to say, I want you to know that there's more to your faith than falling down and getting up. There's nothing in that song, by the way, about mounting up with wings like eagles. But that's biblical faith, amen? We don't have to fall down. We can fly. We can walk and not be weary. We can run and not faint. We can be in motion, in purity, and in lifestyle for Him. Whole, complete, clean, and pure. Do you believe it? And so the Lord says, don't base your theology on good contemporary songs. Base it on my word. All, 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 all. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Let me cleanse you. Let me blot out your transgressions. Not just so that I can't see them, so that they don't even exist anymore because you're living like I want you to live. I got a, <coughs> excuse me, a friend named Ron Smith. And Ron uh, got up one day in, in chapel at Wesley Biblical Seminary. And he bemoaned that the National Association of Evangelicals, the NAE president, stood up at a convention and said, you know, the only difference between sinner and saint is that one is forgiven and the other ain't. Whoa, really? That's the only difference between sinner and saint? One's forgiven and the other ain't. I'd like to think Jesus can make more of a difference than that in my life. Now, I want to be forgiven, but I want to be cleansed. I want to be forgiven, but I want to be able by His grace to mount up with wings like eagles. I want to be forgiven, but I want to walk and run like He wants me to walk and run. I don't just want to be forgiven. I want to be empowered to be all that Jesus needs for me to be in this community of Jackson, Mississippi, the metro area. And y'all, that's what He wants for you. He doesn't just want you forgiven. Praise God He can do that. Praise God, He wants to do that. And I think for those of us here today, He has done that. But there's got to be more to it than that. He wants you to fly out of this place. And some of us, thank God, thanks for Bill and for David and those of you who have been working hard to try to get back into our prison. 
and you saw our numbers today, it's working. We have at least eight people this week. I think we had eight or nine last week. Commit their lives to the Lord because you all said, hey, it's not enough that I'm forgiven. I want to be active for Him out at the prison. And so we're going by Zoom now, but eventually, it won't be long from now, they're going to open up the whole thing to us. And we need to be people who say, I'm not just forgiven, I'm poured out to a place of ministry. I'm poured out to walk like He wants me to walk, to think like He wants me to think, to give like He wants me to give. I want to be in the place like the prison, at the abortion clinic. I want to be at Celebrate Recovery. I want to be at the strip club ministry. I want to be in the nursing homes. And by the way, nursing home people, we got to start knocking on that door because I just got a phone call from Miss Edith that says, Pastor, you can come see me now. Come on in. Well, there's a challenge, so I will. Listen, we've been wanting to see Miss Edith every step of the way. They won't let us now. They will let us. Let's go, y'all. It's opening up. You can say, no, no, I don't think so. I just want to be forgiven. Jesus didn't create you just to be forgiven. He wants to cleanse you and get you moving for the gospel of Jesus Christ. The only difference between sinner and saint is that one is forgiven and the other ain't. What we all say is, no, 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 no. I'm forgiven, but I'm more than forgiven. I'm part of the priesthood of Jesus Christ. Now, everybody understands purity. I guarantee everybody here understands purity. I'm about ready to tell you something. If you haven't gotten purity yet, you're going to get purity now. All right, here we go. Early summer of 2003, there was a teenage boy that was picking fruit in Manila. And uh, he lost his footing. And when he lost his footing, he fell into an aqueduct below, and he drowned. It was horrible. Then his body became lodged in a major water supply pipe. That means all of the city water is now contaminated. And so the Manila Water Company tried, tried, tried to dislodge the body, couldn't do it. The only thing they could think of to do then is let's pump massive amounts of chlorine into the water so that we can tell everybody in Manila, hey, your water is safe to drink. Let me ask you here. If there's a human body decomposing and... Uh, and all the water that you're going to be drinking here comes from a place that zoomed past, zoomed through, zoomed over this dead body, and it comes to your house. And some official from the Manila Water Company says, hey, safe to drink. Are you thinking, I'd like a little more purity than simply safe to drink? And the guy says, you know, it's true. We're going to have to work as hard and as fast as possible so that we can unlodge the body, get rid of the body, so that we can tell everybody your water is definitely pure. Not just safe to drink, but pure. Everybody here gets that. You don't want deadness in your life. You want to drink deadness. You don't want to breathe it if you can help it. And the Lord says, exactly. Let me, therefore, purify your life. Some situations need more than a massive amount of chlorine. What we need is a supernatural work of God. Not just to make us look clean before God, but to go inside of our hearts 
and our minds and our imaginations to make us truly pure. And you're going to say, now tell me again, preacher, how that's biblical. Well, again, I told you about this rich theological tradition we come out of. And Wesley kind of started that tradition. Now, Wesley would say, no, 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 I didn't start nothing. All I did was read my Bible. That's where our tradition started, was the 66 God-inspired books that teach us about God and how we can be holy as He is holy. That's the only tradition I know about. But Wesley had 30 texts, and I'd like to go over every one of them with you right now and won't do it. But let me read for you a couple of these texts of Wesley out of his 30 texts. You can look this up on the web if you'd like to. John Wesley's 30 texts. But he said, look at Ezekiel 36. Then... I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Moreover, I will save you from all your uncleanness, and I will call for the grain and multiply it, and I will not bring a famine to you, but you can live clean, and when you do, I will bless you. But you're only going to be able to be clean and live clean as I do a miracle work in your life. Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Amen to that. Therefore, you're to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. 2 Corinthians 7, 1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, these verses come at us. Y'all listen up. I know I'm a little boring this morning. Just hang in there. You can do this. All these verses, you can either say God wants that in our life or he thinks that's just a pipe dream. Use it as some goal that you'll never get to. And I choose to say, if God commanded Matt Friedman to do something, apparently he thought Matt Friedman could do it by his grace. Amen? So I don't think these verses are pipe dreams. I think these verses are actualities in a life fully given to God. And there you have it. Have you given your life fully, completely, perfectly to God? Let's keep going here. Philippians 3.15. Therefore, as many as are perfect. So Paul's saying, some of you are perfect. Some of you are whole. Some of you are complete. The Greek word is teleos. He says, have this attitude. And if anything, you have a different attitude, God will reveal it to you. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And, of course, what we want to say is, God, (laughs) thanks for that. I know you know that can't happen. But thanks for saying it. Now, we can either go with that or we can say, no. He said, I can sanctify you entirely. I aim to do it. I want to do it, and the only thing between me and doing it is you. So, get out of the way, and you'd go like this. Crucify yourself. Die so that I can live in you completely, totally. That's not a pipe dream, y'all. That could be a serious Jesus reality in our life even today. First John was huge. I mean, there's about six verses that came out of First John for John Wesley. Let me just say this. If we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Well, there you go. See, I, I got sin in me. It's, it's right there in 1 John. Yeah, but did you read the next sentence? If we confess our sins, 
He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You're a born sinner. Bible affirms it. First John affirms it. But you don't have to live in that sin today. He can cleanse you from all of that. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. That's 1 John 3, 3. Uh, 1 John 3, 9. No one who is born of God practices sin because his seed abides in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother. Let's just stop there on that last one a minute. What he's saying is you can't say, hey, I'm pure before God and hate the Republicans or hate the Democrats or hate the current president or hate the last president. Nope. You are called to love. That's a command of God. And he can blot out your transgressions and cleanse you so that you do indeed love. The person who you perceive to be the most wicked person in the world, you can love them and pray for them and possibly act in a way to bring them to Jesus. Over and over again, this purity concept is taught in Scripture as not a pipe dream, but as a promise and an expectation. Now, I have a dear friend that mentored me. He's now deceased. Can I say? I didn't intend to do this, but I'm glad I did it. I'm wearing his jacket right now. Crawford Howe mentored me, discipled me every Friday at 10 a.m. for years. He knew he was dying of cancer. He said, come on over to the house, and he gave me some of his clothes. So this jacket, the other gray jacket, kind of looks like this Crawford's jacket. I feel honored that I'm quoting him today as I wear his jacket. But one day I asked him, how do you invite people to this purity? How do you invite people to this sanctification? How, how do you do it? He says, well, I assume they're Christian, and so it's time for a second great work of faith in their life. First great work was by grace through faith. I can save them. But now there's a second great work. Some people would call it the fullness of the Spirit. Some people call it entire sanctification, uh, the fullness of the blessing. number of ways to talk about it. But it's a reality that he tends to do it after we're saved. And some people say, well, why is that? Can he, can he do them both at the same time? And I'm thinking, yeah, he can do anything he wants to do. But I think this is the reason. I think you've got to walk with Jesus a while to find out how deep of a sin problem you really have. That's why when Jesus says, follow me, they don't have Pentecost the same day. These guys got to walk with him for two or three years, and pretty soon they're finding out, we're not like him, but we want to be. What's necessary? that we could be purified me like you, Jesus. He says, it's coming. Pray for it. Yearn for it. Get excited about it. Because Pentecost is coming. And that's the day when I'll fill you to all fullness and you will be pure even as I am pure. Teleos, even as I am teleos. Perfect, even as I am perfect. And so they wait. But I'm thinking you just got to walk with Jesus a while to say, yeah, I'm saved. I'm with him, but you know, there's a difference between me and him, and I want something deeper. 
And that's what Crawford says, and that's why this is what I say. And I've never said it without people responding profoundly. He says, you know, there's going to come a time when you recognize that Jesus is calling you to a deeper walk with him. And he wants to cleanse you from everything that is not him. You're going to want more. And some of you are there today. You're just wanting more. Well, there is more. Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, wants to purify you and empower you to live on a whole nother level of love for him and for others. If you sense God is calling to you that deeper life, then come on down. Let's meet at this altar. He says, I've never said that, Matt, where they weren't coming down significantly to kneel down and cry out to God, I want all you've got for me. I want to be full of the Spirit. I want to be clean. And so, he's got something called the scat outline. Let's get to it, bud. The scat outline is this. As you're down at this altar, pray these things. First off, thank God for saving you. That's yes. Then there's a C. Consecrate all your life to Him. I remember the day this happened with me. I'm zipping down the highway. i got to stop the car. And I just said, Lord, I'm holding some things back. I've always held some things back, but I'm done with it because I'm discouraged with my life. I'm a Christian. I know I am. I know I'm headed to heaven, but now you're calling me to something deeper, and I'm willing to say yes, sir, to you. And I had to give up some things. Uh, I had some women dynamics I had to give up. I had some possession dynamics. I, I had a trajectory to a vocation I had to give up. And really, I was involved in Division I athletics, and I had to give athletics to him. Now, he gave it back to me, but when he gave it back to me, it was a whole different thing. I just didn't care like I once cared. I didn't yearn for it like I once yearned. What I yearned for was more of him. And that's a whole different thing to play football, thinking, hey, I don't really care about this so much anymore. I'm just so in love with Jesus. That's why as a coach, I'm not sure I'd want someone to receive Christ. Who knows what they'll do after that? They'll start doing what Jesus wants them to do. Be less interested in what I want them to do. But that's the way it is with everything, y'all. We give everything to Him. We lay it all on the altar. And then ask Him to make everything you've just laid on the altar, all that you've given to Him, ask Him to sanctify it, to holify it, to bless it for His kingdom and for His glory. And then simply trust He has done just that and obey fully moving forward. Hey, y'all, sometimes you do this and you think, I just don't feel it yet that I've, that I've done it all. And at that point, what you need to do is groan after it every day, every week, every month. Cry out to God that you might be entirely His, purified and cleansed. And inasmuch as you groan after it, some people get it like that. Some people groan after it for a year, but eventually it will come. Sometimes I think the Lord tests us. You say you want it. I want to know how much do you want it? How much will you groan after it? How much do you yearn for it? How much, when you, even you're bored and tired, you keep moving ahead because you want all that God has for you? Y'all, you know my friend Rob Pokai. He once preached here at this church. And Rob says, 
I remember the day of my funeral. It says I'm zipping down the road and I got convicted and I stopped the car. And after I'd stopped the car, I cried out to God and I gave him my desires, my hopes, my plans, my possessions, and I died completely to me. And in that moment, in that moment, the Lord blessed me and made me holy. Blessed me and entirely sanctified me. Blessed me and made me pure. And Rob says, I've called that day ever since my funeral. It's the day I died so that Jesus could live in me totally and completely. Hey, y'all, have you had a funeral? I'm not talking one of those Tom Sawyer moments. You ever read the book, you know what I'm talking about. No, I'm talking about, have you spiritually had your funeral yet? Because he wants you to die to you. And die to him. So that he can live powerfully in you. Cleanse you completely. Do an extraordinary thing in your life. There's a guy named Henry Varley. He was a British preacher. And he befriended a guy that you may know about if you know your Christian history. A guy named D.L. Moody. I don't know if you know the name Moody or not. He was a great evangelist. He was the Billy Graham of his day. And Henry Varley once told him, in Dublin, words that changed his life. Henry Varley says, Moody, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully consecrated to him. Pure before him. Pure within himself. God has, the world has yet to see what God can do with a man fully committed to him. Now, Moody heard that. He started walking away and thinking, wait a minute. Varley didn't say it had to be a special guy. He said, any man. He said, by the grace of God, I, D.O. Moody, am going to be that man. Anybody here need cleansed up, cleaned up, purified? Jesus wants to do it. I'd just like every head to go down right now. And let's just pray for one another. And there's some people in here that are having a tough time praying for somebody else right now because they know they need to be purified and they need to be cleansed. And I'm just wondering right now, is there anybody here willing to say, I want to put it all on the altar? Everything between me and Jesus, I don't want to be done with it. And I don't make a today commitment. I make a forever commitment. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to Him, I freely give. I surrender all. I surrender all. David, Billy, and Steve are going to come forward. Mary, would you please come forward? We're going to serve communion today. But this is what I want you to know for certain. Jesus didn't die so that you could be mostly His. He wants you to be all His.
completely, totally, teleos. He didn't die so he could sort of reclaim you, but you can still live life like hell. No. He wants to forgive you, but he wants to cleanse you all the way to the deepest recesses of your soul, cleanse you that you might belong fully and completely to him. So some of you are going to think, I need to do business with the Lord before I take communion today. And y'all, that's why we have an altar down here. You can come down and cry out to God. Some of you are going to say, I want to take communion, then I want to go down to this altar. But I know for certain there's some people here that need to do some altar business with the Lord. That would be congruent with doing communion business with the Lord. And you can do them all in one moment. But what we're going to ask you to do is take seriously the claims of Jesus on your life. He didn't die that you could be 98% His. All. 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 Have you sense I'm not there today? He wants you to start groaning out to Him. And He might do it today for you. Just like that. And He might say, I want you to groan for a while. Just to see how badly you really want it. But Jesus wants to work this perfect.